Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 265, Exploring the Art of Character, an interview with Diane Mills, coming to you on Thursday, September 9th, 2021. Diane's been on the show before, and like so many authors, we were talking about both her books and how she does her writing process and pulling out tips and tricks for the ideas that you might want to use when you're working on your books. Today, we're talking about Diane's new book, Exploring the Art of Character. So this is all about character, which is super duper fun. I love talking about character and plotting and different things that I can use to come up with new ideas, fresh ideas, especially if you pretty much work in the same genre all the time, then you're always trying to think of what's a new way that I can say this that is like the same kind of story, but different. <laughs> and Diane's going to give us some great ideas for that today. Now, just remember, if you happen to be in a place where you're having trouble starting or finishing a book and you want to get on a complimentary call with me and see whether or not um, this is something that I could help you with, uh, doing some writing coaching with you for six months, helping you um, get started, get through that middle part that gets all messy and complicated and get to the end where you finish the book. Yay. Um, then go to rightnowworkshop.com forward slash writing coach and click the button to sign up and get on a, coach, a coaching call with me. And we'll see whether or not there's uh, anything that I can do to help you. See if there's anything that you just need a push in the right direction, or if what you really need is somebody who can encourage you and push you and encourage you and push you um, for you know a longer period of time until you get the book finished. I love, love, love helping people finish their books. I'm positive that yours is has such possibilities and that there are people out there who this would be the perfect book for them to read, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, I believe that you have something important to share with the world. And if you are interested and have enough passion to put the kind of time into it that it requires, then I would definitely like to talk to you about it. So go to rightnowworkshop.com forward slash writing coach. You can also sign up to get a uh, freebie kind of a, a a free download from me uh, that is the self-publishing checklist. So self-publish your book checklist. And, um, and that's totally free for you too. You'll end up on my mailing list that way. And you can uh, hear about other ideas and tips and uh, thoughts on the writing life and the writing process that I can offer you. And also keep in mind that if you want to see the show notes, if you're interested in a transcript so that you can read the episode or you, there's somebody else that you know that it would be easier for them to read rather than listen, then you can go to podcast.rightnowworkshop.com forward slash episodes, find the episode you're looking for. And uh, when a guest talks about a specific website or a link to something, the link should be there in the podcast show notes. And then also so within a week or two of the episode going live, then we add the transcript to the show notes as well. So uh, please check those out. If those would be helpful to you, I would be happy to, to know. So let me know when there's something that you're like, 
this was great. Thank you. Please give us more of something like this. Or if you just want to reach out and um, say hello, uh, you can find me on all social media as Kitty Buchholz, K-I-T-T-Y-B-U-C-H-O-L-T-Z, or contact me at the website. So now we're going to get into this wonderful interview all about character. Get out your pens and your notes app and your phone and take some notes. Here we go. Today's guest is Diane Mills. Diane is a best-selling author who believes her readers should expect an adventure. She weaves memorable characters with unpredictable plots to create action-packed, suspense-filled novels. Diane believes every breath of life is someone's story, so why not capture those moments and create a thrilling adventure? Her titles have appeared on the CBA and ECPA bestseller lists, won two Christie Awards, The Golden Scroll, Inspirational Reader's Choice, and Carol Award Contests. Diane is a founding board member of the American Christian Fiction Writers, an active member of the Blue Ridge Mountain Christian Writers, Advanced Writers and Speakers Association, Mystery Writers of America, the Jerry Jenkins Writers Guild, Sisters in Crime, and International Thriller Writers. She continues her passion of helping other writers be successful, and she speaks to various groups and teaches writing workshops around the country. Diane has also been termed a coffee snob and roasts her own coffee beans. She's an avid reader, loves to cook, and believes her grandchildren are the smartest kids in the universe. She and her husband live in sunny Houston, Texas. Welcome, Diane. Welcome to you. And you just look amazing. I, I say look because I can see you even though we're on a podcast. <laughs> and it it's always good, good to see you. And I go right back to the first time we met and talking about story. And we were with Lorraine Snelling at the yeah. time. And so I always thank her for introducing me to you. That's how I, every time I think of you, I think, yes, and Lorraine for introducing her two friends to each other. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, well, you look wonderful. You've been on the show before, actually. You were here last mm -hmm. May for episode 197. Uh, let's see. You have been doing a lot of stuff, though, since last May. More fiction, more nonfiction. So why don't you tell us what you've been up to? Well, let's see. I put the finishing touches on a book called Exploring uh, the Art of Plotting. And right before that was released a book called Exploring the Art of Character. And I'm thrilled, Kitty, because uh, two weeks ago, I yes, it was two weeks ago, uh, I won a, a golden scroll for exploring the art of character as Christian in their Christian category, Christian education category. There we go. I got oh. it. And uh, I was thrilled about that. And then, oh, well, I guess I can tell you this. I have a new romantic suspense that will release on September the 7th. It's called Trace of Doubt. And if we have time later, I might tell your uh your readers your readers your viewers your <laughs> listeners uh, a little bit more about about the book but I am very excited to be releasing and it. it's my new baby ah uh, it's always fun to have a new baby because you're like this one is the best one ever oh, right right and you know what kitty if each book 
that we write isn't the best that we have done previously, then in my opinion, we fail uh, ourselves and we fail our readers. So we've got to be constantly challenging ourselves to make sure that we're just a little bit better than what we were before. Yes, I'm totally with you. Um, I I started out as a writer um, in the world of post-academia. So I'm constantly comparing myself to others, you know, where am I in the class list and that sort of thing. But once I finally realized that what makes me truly happy is just asking myself, do I like my book? And do I think that I did a better job than the last time? I realized this is the point where I've been the happiest as a writer. Oh, I so agree. And I go back to this point in my life, and I don't know if I said this on the other episode, but um, I'm going to say it right now. And that is, um, I used to be a a church librarian, and I uh, walked in one Sunday morning to relieve the the lady in front of me. And she's talking about, oh, Diane, I didn't sleep last night. I've been awake since three. And so I just started praying for everybody I knew. And and then she said, and then I realized I've been praying for two of your uh, characters. So um, when we can make our stories that real to our readers, we have accomplished something. Yeah. You know, if they're in the grocery store and think that they see uh, one of our characters uh you know, picking up the tomatoes. That's a good thing. A very good thing. I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I lived in Arizona, I was at the library with one of my writer friends. So, you know, two of the best things in the world. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And uh, I don't remember why we were sitting outside either um, talking before we departed in our separate ways, probably. Um, Mm -hmm. But we were sitting outside talking and I was like, oh, that reminds me of, I'm like, I can't remember who it was, like, who told me this? And the she, blah, blah, blah. And then, oh yeah. And I remember now, and then he, blah, blah, blah. And then she, and then I was like, who was this? Is it, you know, my other friend, so-and-so or my other friend, I was just standing there and I already told like a huge part of the story. And then I just burst out laughing and she's like what who who and I'm like I just remembered this is a Jude Devereaux book these aren't real people <laughs> oh yes so remember oh. the title of the book it was called remembrance and it was somebody who believed in past lives and something had happened and but it must have really affected me because I thought it mm-hmm. was real in my memory <laughs> oh and Jude never wrote a bad book. Uh, right. Just so incredible. Very, very incredible. Yeah. I love oh, it. Oh, that's fun. Fun stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so, and that's exactly what we wanted to talk about today. So not only did you win an award with this book, but um, character, I just think is one of the things that makes us get so involved and remember the story for so long afterwards. So can you share us uh, share with us some of the things that you were teaching and helping us with in this book? Uh, and tell us again what, what the name of it is, the book on character. Exploring the Art of Character. Oh, and there's and, a pretty picture if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah, I've, I've got that. And this is the, the cover for the whole series. So I'm, uh, I like that. Nice. So I believe that story is character. 
I know that there are writers who are very much plot driven and that's great. But for me, I am character driven. I am a seat of the pants writer who first completes a 17 page characterization sketch. Wow. And in fact, if any of your listeners or viewers would like that characterization sketch, all you have to do is email me and I'll give you my email now and then I'll give it at the end uh, of our time together. But it's Diane, D-I-A-N-N, at Diane Mills, M-I-L-L-S dot com. And just tell me that, you know, you listened to Kitty's broadcast and you wanted uh, a copy of that characterization sketch. I have been working on this character sketch for over 20 years, um, adding, subtracting, refining. uh, And of course, it sounds like a whole lot of adding. But I believe in the psychology of character. I believe in establishing that motivation that whatever it is, there's only one character in this whole world who could step onto the first page of a story and walk that adventure. So I want to know that character. And we don't have years and years to uh, fine tune a character, but we can ask the proper questions and pose the proper exercises so that we can learn the backstory and also what is going on with that character now. I believe that everything that has happened to my character before chapter one, line one, is a vital part of story. And while some people call that backstory, and it is backstory, uh, but they call it an information dump. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. It is not true. We writers are only going to use the part of backstory that is uh, vital to the scene we're writing. We have it all up in our heads. Yeah. And that's so fun. It's like opening up somebody's diary and just kind of having a giggle or or picking up a tissue to wipe our eyes as we uh, work through that. But I will tell you that there were some uh, chapters that I felt were very important in writing, exploring the art of character. And uh, the first, uh, I begin right with why study character? What's so vital about it? And I just shared from my heart why I feel studying character is the number one key to writing a good best-selling novel. That, That to me is just critical, critical. At the end of each chapter of this book, I also pose exercises because I don't feel that it does anyone any good to read a a book that explores a particular topic if that topic uh, can't be applied to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So at the end of each chapter, I have those little exercises and uh, that, that was very, very important to me. Yeah. I want to show how to breathe life into a character. What 
makes that character come alive. And sometimes we just have to sit back and think about people we know and what makes them so alive to us. What do we really, really like? Or in some instances, what we um, don't like. Yeah. Uh, backstory. I mentioned backstory a few moments ago, and that's the rear view mirror of what what, is, what has happened in the rear view mirror of our character that causes that character now to move forward? We are all shaped by our life experiences. Yeah. And backstory to me is an incredible insight uh, into why we, as writers are writing, and also why the character is doing what they're doing, why they have to solve a problem, why they have to strive to achieve a goal. Backstory is a vehicle, and it is propelling that character into action. And that's so, so important in mining that motivation. I mean, Kitty, you and I both woke up this morning motivated. That's right. But what motivated you and what motiv motivated me were two different things. Yeah, yeah. And our characters are the same way. It, it is just uh, incredible. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, one of the books, <laughs> I shouldn't say it this way, but, you know, it's all writers listening. So one of the books I'm working on... <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, it's a single mom with two small kids and, uh, as the heroine and her husband has recently died in service, um, in the army. And I was thinking, okay, Kitty, why did you come up with this story? Like, who do you know? Who's like this? No one. Who do you know? Who's who, who this, this I'm like, no one. And then I was like, how am I going to figure out what, why this woman is going to do, you know, the things that she'll do. And then I started thinking, okay. If my mom, uh, who was single from the time I was about 12 or so, <clears throat> if she had been a single mom with two kids um, 10 years earlier, what would she have done? I'm like, oh, totally different than what she did when she was um, high. I'd have to take my mom's age and like add and subtract things to figure out how old was she when, when my dad mm -hmm. left. But, um, so I don't, I don't know. She was probably a uh, totally guessing here in her forties. Um, but that's a totally different thing from this woman in her mid twenties, you know, mm -hmm. the, the whole reasons why, you know, she's making certain choices. And so then I started thinking, okay, so I can look at all the things that I knew about how my mom acted and reacted to so many things in life, um, to the car breaking down, to an unexpected bill, to a guy hitting on her and just ask myself, okay, but if it had been 20 years earlier, how would she have reacted? Okay. That's how my character might react then it's made it so much easier. Cause for a while I was thinking I have bitten off more than I can chew. I created a character that I, I was thinking I can't write about. And then I thought, oh, that's not really true. If I just, like you said, ask yourself, what do you know about some of the people in your life that you actually know? Mm -hmm. Oh, that is so, and the culture, because um, I hate to say this, but neither you nor I are 
in our 20s anymore. Yeah. Um, but in this, this year, 2021, what would it be like to be a 20 something? And uh, we can walk through COVID, we can walk through world situations, we can walk through country situations, a state, uh, communities. And when we can get on Google and take a look at some of the things that are said about that age group in this particular time, it helps form a pattern of behavior for our, you know, for our characters. Yeah. Uh, there's just so much going on. You know how you can, well, like for me, I was born XYZ. And whenever I meet anyone in my little age group, they are either a Diane, a Debbie, a Linda, or a Brenda. Wow. I mean, it, I can tell how old someone is by their name. <laughs> and, uh, and sometimes, uh, well, not sometimes, I always, when I'm writing a book and I have established an age for my character, yeah. I will go back to, uh, you know, on my Google again, and what were the most popular names in such and such a year? And I'll get that. And then I'll also search, okay, what was going on? in that year. So I also understand how um, uh, parents would be impacted with a new baby and some of the values they would pass on simply because of what they were going through. And it all helps, you know, like way back in the, um, oh, I'm trying to think, I I believe it was the fifties when polio was so uh, prominent. Yeah, uh, here in the states, and then how overprotective parents were because of that. They had just walked out of World War II, and then they were facing polio. So uh, those kinds of things were instilled in the parents and this, and in the children. And then what happens after that? Think about the Vietnam War. Uh, parents who had small children, then they have a cultural mindset that they pass on to our children, which passes on to the characters in our stories. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you just, uh, made me think of something that I've never actually said out loud, but I think that, um, I just now, as we're talking, um, realized why there is a disconnect for me when, um, I joined the Marine Corps because I wanted to do something amazing and help change the world, make it a better place. Um, but one of the places that really kind of made me completely kind of disassociate from that dream and just completely focused on how can I get out of this because this is not working for me was when I was in a class. So this is all, um, women, Marine recruits, um, no men. And, uh, we were doing something that they'd probably, I'm guessing had been doing for 20 years or more where they were like, you know, kill the enemy. And we had to chant these things. And one of the chants had, you know, kill somebody. I can't remember, kill them, or I don't know. I can't remember what it was, but I just remember thinking, I'm not going to say that, but if you weren't doing whatever it was, they told you to do, whether it was sit-ups or, or saying, you know, what they wanted you to say, you were going to get in big trouble. So I got in big trouble because I wouldn't say it. 
and you know, somebody's yelling at me and I'm like, I'm not going to say that. And I just now occurred to me that there was this old kind of teaching with younger people who had already been starting to, to learn and be taught and believe that there are other ways to solve our problems rather than by going to war. And I just could not anymore connect with this dream I had of, of making the world a better place by being a Marine. I was like, no, I need to make the world a better place in some other place. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, and, and that just forms who you are. And when we can draw from those kinds of things and pass it on to our characters, they are real. They are memorable. They are uh, unforgettable. Yeah. And to me, that's the best gift we can give our readers. Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. Because like what you were saying with the millennials and and younger people, I hate to necessarily use that term because I feel like the term has been A, overused and B, Mm -hmm. used negatively. But but with Mm -hmm. younger people, like I could take this experience um, that I had when I was, gosh, 19 um, and now at 53, try to figure out how am I going to write like a 22 year old and I could just... um, uh, switch out the exact details and still have somebody um, being taught something that had been like traditionally taught, but now they're at an age and at a place in the in the history timeline where younger people have started to think about things differently and that they don't agree anymore with this old way of of doing things. And it could be anything, you know, from how we connect and communicate on social media to how we do business or anything else. And it wouldn't even necessarily have anything to do with the Marine Corps experience. I would just be using it as sort of a template. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I love it. And a little bit of a trail off from what we're talking about uh, are writers who uh, write about children and they use these words that, you know, this child will never use. Yeah. Uh, and they, they don't reach out there and say, hey, 10-year-old, uh, hey, 8-year-old, uh, or 15 or 16, how would you say this? Uh, the book that I, I just turned in, that will be uh, September 22, 2022, that sounds weird saying that, right. <laughs> uh, is I have a 15-year-old um, girl. Uh, very normal in every way. And I went to my 15 year old granddaughter and I would go over every piece of dialogue. Is this how you would say this? Is this how you would feel? And that is critical. That is absolutely critical. Someone who is contemplating uh, going into the Marines and someone who has already been there have two different mindsets, two different ways of looking at life. And that's what we have to be varied in these characters. And we want the reader to understand that it is the character's viewpoint, not ours. Yeah. That way we can diversify and just make sure that everything is real because that is the biggest objection to stories is that it was flat. Um, it was just a talking head. Uh, and I hate to be critical, but that's the truth. Yeah, that that spoils the whole reading 
journey, adventure, path, uh, magic carpet ride for our readers is when we can't give them real characters. Yeah. And so that was an interesting point you made. We want to make the reader feel like this is what the character feels, not boy, is this what the author is like trying to preach to me or what the author thinks? Mm -hmm. But when we can, and this is, um, this is a question, this is uh, asking you, you know, can you go into your thoughts on this? Um, in order to have like a, a good conflict between people, we might have people who um, they're not enemies, they don't hate each other. Um, they, they just have two different opinions about the same topic. And so we have to make sure that both sides feel equally uh, persuasive, right? Yes, yes. Uh, a, a simple, I'll give you two simple examples. One is your antagonist uh, or your villain, you know, it's, they're both antagonists. Uh, well, not every villain is an antagonist, but uh, every, let me say this, not every antagonist is a villain, um, but every villain is an antagonist. So I was trying to get across, but an antagonist feels that they are right. They are acting, reacting, planning, scheming, responding according to what they feel is the right thing to do. And so we can't write a flat antagonist or villain. It has to be clearly shown why something is happening because that's what they believe. If you are writing about um, someone who has a different faith, a different political persuasion, uh, any type of differences, totally opposite of what you or I may feel. We've got to be convincing that they are acting, they are reacting, they are moving forward because of what the character believes, not necessarily us. That just makes it so real, yeah. such a positive experience. And I'm guessing this is um, part of the reason why you wrote this book. You want to help people to make more uh, realistic characters, ones that we can emotionally relate to better? Oh, yes. And some of the things that I cover uh, is a chapter on finding your character's blind spot. Oh. Your antagonist and your protagonist can and often have a blind spot. Um, Mothers and fathers sometimes have a blind spot when it comes to their kids. They don't see the faults. Uh, we, all, we all have friends that one time or other, they sort of um, hit a, a sore subject and we wondered where it, come, where it came from. And it was a blind spot that we didn't see in their personality. So blind spots are critical. Another critical aspect are the lies our characters believe. Uh, you and I both at some point uh, will believe a lie about ourselves. Uh, often it's confidence or maybe a particular way is the only way to do something and it's a lie. And so I devote a chapter to lies and what some of those lies are and how it plays into story. Wow. And the uh, another one is love language. I love uh, uh, Gary Chapman's book on the five love languages. 
And those are real. And we all have a love language. Sometimes we have more than one. But if we can use a love language that plays into our antagonist, think about how rich that could be. Yeah. Uh, what will your character sacrifice? Uh, you and I are writers and we feel deeply and we love deeply. So what are we willing to sacrifice for that? Um, I also have a chapter on uh, the character's lifeboat. If oh, you and that? I are stranded in a lifeboat, mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, any of those means, if we all have a lifeboat, lifeboat, what's in it? Uh, betrayal. Uh, this is often behind uh, our antagonists. They have been betrayed and they want vengeance. Now, we would like to think that a betrayal teaches us something so we can move forward uh, in a more healthy environment, but that's not always the case. Uh, a character's happy spot. You and uh, I have places in our memories and places that we like to go to physically uh, that soothe us, uh, help us calm down, help us feel good about ourselves and others. So um, that is something. Occupations. There's a reason why uh, our characters choose an occupation, and it may be for good reasons, or it may not may not be for good reasons at all. But that and uh, fears. Oh my goodness, real fears, phobias. Uh, we all have fears, and so do our characters. So what's behind it? And those things to me help form a, a character, how a character feels about uh, integrity. Is there any humor in what our characters uh, are, are dealing with? Those things about our personality that are incredible. It excites me. I love character. I love exploring character there. We just can't learn too much. Yeah. So it sounds like you said that you're a right by the seat of your pants writer uh, and you start with character then, or do you sometimes have a plot idea and then you have to figure out a character that would work in that plot? How, how do you, or is it different for every story? Uh, right now I have a story idea and uh, so I, I will say that often it's the idea that comes first with the thought that I need a character who has the most to lose and the most to gain. Ah. So when I'm forming that character, I want someone because, you know, they're real to us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who, uh, oh my goodness, if they aren't successful, look at the loss. Look at the incredible loss, but also this person has the most gain. And while I teach that aspect for point of view, it's also so incredibly true for starting that characterization um, of where that character is coming from. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. Okay. You know that I love to talk about writing and I could talk about it for hours, but too. Um, I, I am uh, trying to promise my listeners that I'm going to start uh, making the episodes a little bit shorter, a little bit shorter until it's <laughs> more reasonable amounts of time <laughs> to listen to it. So uh, what if we talked a little bit about character in terms of your brand new book that when people listen to the episode will have only just come out two days ago. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Trace of Doubt and maybe um, like use some of the things that um, you're teaching us in the character book as you're uh, describing what you did with the book or uh, however you want to uh, kind of approach it. Okay. My idea for the story was what if a 17-year-old girl willingly confessed to murdering her brother-in-law to protect her pregnant sister. Wow. Okay. So my theme was, um, was sisterly love. How, how can I show that for good or maybe not so good? So that was my idea. So when I'm thinking about, okay, what, is, what needs to go into this character? A 17-year-old who says to her sister, okay, uh, I'll take the blame for this. You're expecting a baby. You would go to prison for this. And I know this is just a mistake that you made when you are the good sister. You are the role model. You are the one who makes the good grades. You are the one everyone loves. You're the, you know, the all-American sweet gal next door. Whereas I, I am the one who's always come across as needy and stretching the boundaries, who at the age of 12 was picked up for drinking. Um, you know, dads had to bail me out of all kinds of problems in juvenile court. If I confess to this, there will not be any problem with the jury saying, yes, she's guilty. So that was the, the basis of what I wanted. She had the most to lose because she's 17 years old, confessing to a murder she didn't commit and looking at, they could even say this is the death penalty, penalty yeah. or spending the rest of her life in prison for a crime she didn't commit. What does she have to gain? The gaining was with the love she had for her sister. The love that, oh, gosh, she made this horrible mistake. She can raise her child and that child will have uh, his or her mother uh, to nurture and care and love and have that wisdom and insight. Okay, so that, that's what I had going into this story. So Trace of Doubt, and for those of you who are doing the YouTube, here's the cover. Nice. Yes. Uh, the story opens that my heroine is released from prison after 15 years. She's only 32 years old. Her parents, her sister, everyone has abandoned her because after all, she did this horrible thing. 
So she is released from prison. First page, abandoned, alone, afraid. 15 years, the world has changed a whole lot from a naive teenager uh, to a, a young woman with a record. She cannot contact her parents as part of the parole. She's got to start life all over again. She did uh, receive her undergraduate degree while in prison in business. So she's thinking she can do something in business, but oh, the fear, oh, the fear. The years of battling huge depression. Everything that I could have her encounter in a typical women's prison from the guards, bullies, uh, gangs, she encountered, plus horrible uh, depression that, um, that is in her records. So that wow. was my hero. That is my heroine. And um, I, I love the story because I was rooting for her from the time I thought, oh, she picked up that gun. She wiped off the fingerprints and put her own on it. So anyway. Wow. <laughs> uh, that is my heroine. And uh, it is told in first person the heroes in first person. And years ago, uh, this case with her was his first case as a FBI special agent. And he believed that not only had she murdered this man, but there were thousands, it was, I think it was $50,000, I'm trying to remember now, uh, that had been embezzled that, that the deceased had earmarked for an African orphanage. Nobody ever found that money. And he believed then that she'd done something with it, that she worked with someone, but they never could find it. For 15 years, while he's worked other cases, he goes back to that. And he cannot find the evidence that he needs. In 15 years, he's changed. His looks have changed. And he knows where she is going to start her life all over again. And he's going to prove that she took that money and sent her right back to prison. Oh. So that's my hero and heroine entering that story. Wow. And um, uh, I, I cried with this story. I was angry with this story. I laughed at this story. And but that's what we writers do. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, so true. I'm, I'm still concerned that, you know, uh, are they OK now? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. Wow. Okay. Well, first of all, Diane, if your if your book and your um, very generous offer to to share your character sketch will help me to create amazing characters like that, I'm all in. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? All your viewers or listeners have to do is email me, and that's at Diane D I A N N at dianemills.com and say, hey. I listened to Kitty's uh, podcast, or I saw this on YouTube, her YouTube channel, and I would like to have that, and I will email it to you. And you can also get to me via my website, uh, 
Uh, and that is just dianemills.com. You can, oh, this trace of doubt. You can go in, you can see the uh, video trailer, the book trailer, uh, read a first chapter and all the places that my books are carried. There's little buttons you can push on. And, uh, and, and that's true for the exploring the art of character and plotting and uh, all my other books that you can get a preview of them right there. And I do love readers. I'd love to hear from you. So explore my website and, and see if there isn't something for you there. I, I hope so. Oh, that's so generous. Thank you, Diane. And definitely, if you have time, I would love to have you come back and talk about the other two nonfiction books, because um, like you, I believe that uh, no matter how many books I write or how many years that I've spent writing, if I can just... Um, remember some little tip that I forgot about or learn some little tweak where I'm like, oh, this is going to make everything so much more interesting or better in some way. Like I, I'm all about, you know, continual learning for the rest of my life. So yes, <laughs> yes I so uh, I so agree with that. And me too, you know, I'm, I'm constantly daily reading a blog post that has something to do with the, the writing life, the publishing, the promotion, the new tip or what's released, all those kinds of things. And that's the only way I can stay on top of things. Because if we slack, then how can we uh, reach out to other writers and readers with anything of value? Yeah. Uh, so that's my encouragement. That's wonderful. I feel encouraged. Today's the first day, as you and I are talking, today's my first day back from vacation. And, and I, um, I started out pretty slowly. You were asking <laughs> the difference between our motivations this morning. Yeah, my motivation was, okay, I'll at least go run. I'll start the day with a run. And then I don't know what I'm going to do next. <laughs> But um, I'm super excited now to like jump back into my writing tomorrow and remember, oh yeah, I forgot how much I love this. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. And, and making each new story different. Yeah. Uh, I, I would hate for someone to ever say to me, well, your stories are all alike. There's just a template and you just stick in the characters and tweak the plot a little. Yeah. Oh, somebody smack me if, if that ever happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and I'm sure that also the writing the books um, to help other writers probably mm -hmm. really um, cemented some things in your mind, yes. brought things to, to the, the front of your mind that maybe you hadn't been thinking about for a while. Yeah, uh, very, very true. Next week or whenever September 1st is, I have on my calendar to begin uh, the third book in this particular series on um, uh, emotion and dialogue, oh, okay. weaving those together. Uh, I said that there are three previous, Edie Melson, solid, wonderful friend of mine. We wrote social media for today's writer. And we will be doing uh, another book by uh, itself. And she's also done a book on blogging. But then by myself, solo, I've done the, the characterization, the plotting, and then I will do the dialogue and emotions. So Wonderful. I'm always working on something to help our our readers and our writers. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And that's what this, this podcast is all about too. So thank you so much for oh. 
giving us your time. Oh, it's been wonderful. And, and we really appreciate, um, I know that you are one of the women who you, you seem to have, um, the kind of, well, what seems to me to be this, like a structured writing life where you're just constantly in motion, always getting things done. So I always love that you, uh, take time to be on the show and (laughs) share with that with us. So thank you. You are so welcome. It's a treat for me. It's a, it's a real blessing. I, I love it. And I just hope that one thing I've said uh, will help uh, a, uh, a writer uh, just move forward, climb up that ladder just a little higher and always encouragement. You know, if my husband had never dared me to write a book back in 1996, I wouldn't have 87 traditionally published books now. So writers, I challenge you, do it. Don't wait any longer. Just do it.